My name is Alexis Johnson, and I'm the host of the Poise Pen Podcast. Reading and writing are driving forces of our nation and serve as a foundation for learning, education, and interpreting the world around us. This podcast is designed to provide insight into topics related to literacy, creative writing, and diversity in literature. I'll be discussing a variety of literary topics that I hope will help you find enlightenment, inspiration, and awareness. Let's get started. Hello, and welcome to the Poise Pen Podcast, Diversity in Writing series. In today's episode, I'll be highlighting author Gabriel Garcia Marquez, who's most known for his use of magical realism. So Marquez is one of the most acclaimed and influential post-war writers, both in his native Colombia and internationally. He's known for, in addition to magical realism, his use of themes of politics, love, and solitude. So if the term magical realism rings any bells for you, it might be because you're thinking of Franz Kafka, especially in his key work, The Metamorphosis, in in which he really used magical realism. And so the same effect kind of happened for Garcia Marquez because he also used Kafka's The Metamorphosis as an inspiration to write fiction. To clarify the reference I'm talking about, the first line of Kafka's The Metamorphosis is, quote, As Gregor Samsa woke that morning from uneasy dreams, he found himself transformed in his bed into a gigantic insect. When Garcia Marquez first read this line, he was at the time studying to become a journalist, and this role actually would later influence the themes and the style of his writing. And so this early dichotomy of the kafka magical surrealism and the, journal, the journalistic reportage is later reflected in a lot of Garcia Marquez's later work. So during a trip back to his village of birth in Colombia at age 22, Garcia Marquez formed the basis of what would later become his trademark genre, magical realism. And so, in an interview with the Paris Review here, members, quote, Nothing had really changed, but I felt that I wasn't really looking at the village, but I was experiencing it as if I were reading it, end quote. So, for Garcia Marquez, it was kind of like he was just witnessing the village and then kind of translating this experience into words. And so... In a direct literary lineage, Garcia Marquez used many of the devices that William Faulkner actually used in his treatment of the hardships experienced in the American Deep South. So, in fact, a lot of comparisons can be made between William Faulkner and Garcia Marquez. For instance, Garcia Marquez created, much like Faulkner, a fictional town called Macondo for the setting of his first novel titled Leaf Storm in 1955. Another similarity is that Garcia Marquez also used like multiple perspectives. He used shifting chronology and all streams of consciousness. And these are all common elements of magical realism. And so in this way, he was like pushing the boundaries of Faulkner's folktales, myth, and the supernatural into the fantastical and the extraordinary. Garcia Marquez was always one to state that subject matter really drives writing style. And Faulkner, although a major inspiration for Garcia Marquez, was not a direct influence. And so it was this search for the right style and the right tone of writing for his subject matter that really led him to go like five years without writing. And it preceded what is considered his masterpiece titled 100 Years of Solitude in 1967. And so while we're on the subject of influences for Garcia Marquez, I also want to point out that James Joyce and Virginia Woolf were kind of an influence for his writings as well. If you remember, Virginia Woolf and James Joyce, they were kind of known for like using long passages and very little punctuation. And this is something that we see in Garcia Marquez's piece, Autumn of the Patriarch in 1975, and a couple more of his pieces throughout his career. 
So the next point I want to make is that in his novel, An Evil Hour, in 1962, Garcia Marquez had moved away from the magic of Macondo and Leafstorm in order to cover like the realities of the nation's political struggles and really just all the brutalities that came with it. So stylistically, it was leaning more towards Ernest Hemingway more so than William Faulkner, even though, as I mentioned before, William Faulkner is definitely a large influence in Gabriel Garcia's work. And so through this piece and others published by Garcia Marquez that are kind of similar to it, he's really like searching for a means of blending the magic and the brutal, like weaving it together into a nice story that kind of covers it all, but maybe in a more mystical way. And so he found this method in the memories of his grandma's storytelling. She would tell extraordinary stories without expression, or as Garcia Marquez put it, quote, with a brick face. And this is kind of what Garcia Marquez does in his own writing, and he blends the fantastic with the mundane and the brutal while using the same even voice. And you can see this, like, this consistent tone that's not, like, getting harsher or getting more, like, lighter, despite the changes in the topic or subject matter. So one thing that's really evident in Garcia Marquez's pieces is that he's really leaning on his earlier background in journalism, and, like, he's taking these skills to give more believability to his stories by describing the smaller details of any particular scene. So for instance, in 100 Years of Solitude, the character Remedios of Beauty is taken into the sky by a quote, delicate wind of light catching the sheets she is in the process of hanging out to dry. And so the humdrum act of drying sheets becomes a poetic ascension to heaven as she waves goodbye, quote, in the midst of her flapping sheets that rose up with her, end quote. So she ascends magically with the quote, Beatles and Delilahs as four o'clock in the afternoon came to an end. An exact detail of time is, and it's really based very much in the here and the now. The story is followed shortly by the brutal killing of a grandfather and then his grandson at the hands of a machete-wielding police corporal. And so while this might seem like a really odd contrast between this poetic, magical nature and then this brutal, violent killing, this is a very classic move for Garcia Marquez like the seamless blending and blurring of the lines between magic and reality. Before I conclude this episode, I want to share with you one of my favorite quotes by Gabriel Garcia Marquez. So he says, quote, What matters in life is not what happens to you, but what you remember and how you remember it. And he says this in Living to Tell the Tale. And so I feel like a lot of this kind of connects to what he does in his writing. And like back to him like writing about the experiences he had in Colombia. So it's like not really what happened to him, but like how he remembers it. And in his case, how he's able to write about it and translate this into a story. And I think this is kind of what we can all remember. Because if you think about it, like the things that happen to people, they don't really remember sometimes specifically what happened, but they'll remember more about how they felt, what, what it made them feel, etc. And so I really think that this quote can be applied not only to his own writing, but also to just personal lives of everyone in general. That concludes this episode of the Poise Pin Podcast. Stay tuned for more installments and be sure to check out the unique contributions of various authors to the literary world to my diversity in literature episodes. If you'd like to learn more about the Poise Pin and a wide range of literary projects and topics, visit the Poise Pin on the web at thepoisepinproject.com.